Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute? Ah, yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at sandiego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This is the Minnesota Tim Podcast. Thank you for tuning into the podcast today. Please rate and review the podcast wherever you are currently listening to this podcast. It's super easy. Just rate it. Give it a five-star rate and then review the podcast. Share what you like. Share what you want improved. Share some guest options. Share some ideas on what you want me to talk about. Uh, You can follow the Minnesota Tim page on Facebook and on Twitter as well. So it was a busy weekend in sports. A bunch of NFL teams played. The Lions lost. The Bears won. The Packers lost. The Bears and Packers have the same record in the NFC North, and the Minnesota Vikings still stand in first place at 5-1. The Buccaneers lost to the Panthers, who have a bunch of nobodies on their roster right now. Uh, The Chiefs beat the 49ers, which was probably the best game of the week, and it wasn't even that great of a game. Um, But let me start with the Minnesota Timberwolves first. They just got trounced, demolished, annihilated by the San Antonio Spurs. Those are my three big words to describe that game. And something that I don't like. So if I didn't watch that game, and there will be a handful of games that I cannot watch this season because, you know, there's things that are going on. I can't just watch the TV all day, all night. Um, You got family, you got other jobs, you got things to do. But if I didn't watch that game and I was just box score searching, box score looking, the box score shows that the Timberwolves lost by nine points. And if I didn't dive into how the Timberwolves lost, the story of the game, I would have never known that the Timberwolves were once down by 35 points. So ESPN should really have a stat or like a ticker or something along the lines on the scoreboard. It should show that that the Timberwolves lost by nine points, but it should also show that the Timberwolves practically basically lost by 35 points. They should show where the Timberwolves were at the worst point of the game and then the final score because the Timberwolves didn't lose by nine. They lost by 30. 
The fourth quarter garbage time points are meaningless. They were down by 11 with two minutes left, but throughout that entire game, the Timberwolves were outplayed. They were out-hustled. They were outworked. And through four games of the season, the Timberwolves have beaten the Thunder twice. They lost to the Jazz, and they lost to the Spurs. Both of the Timberwolves' losses have come against opponents that are just playing harder. The Timberwolves, I want to say, look lackadaisical offensively and defensively. It doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of effort in what they're doing. They trail the Spurs by 10 points at halftime. And when you trail a opponent who's not nearly as good, you expect the better team to come out in the third quarter and put an effort. You expect a team, let's say the Warriors, okay? They're, let's say they're down at halftime. You know what's going on in that locker room. The Warriors' best players, Curry, Thompson, Green, Pool, they're all coming together at halftime and saying, okay, let's flip on the switch. Let's try. Let's blow out this team in the second half, take care of business in the third quarter, and show this team that they do not belong on the same court as we do. The Timberwolves were down at 10 points at halftime and then got, a, got a scored by, it seemed like, a million in the third quarter. The Spurs' best offense came in the third quarter, and you would think that would be a time when the Timberwolves showed a sense of urgency. But they didn't. And now there's a whole lot of drama after this loss because now it's like, oh my goodness, the Timberwolves are 2-2 two and two after this big trade for Rudy Gobert. And I'm preaching patience right now. Because it's the, the, the record is 2-2 two and two and there's a lot of other NBA teams struggling too, like the Miami Heat, the Denver Nuggets, um, the Philadelphia 76ers. And I'm going to preach the same thing with the Minnesota Timberwolves. I know the game against the Spurs didn't look good on Monday night. But they play against the Spurs again at home on Wednesday night. If it's the same product against the Spurs on Wednesday, then there are some real concerns. But we are four games into a new project. And the new project is figuring out how to fit Rudy Gobert into Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, and Jaden McDaniels. And, you know, I don't even think the problem is Rudy Gobert because the Timberwolves traded Beverly, Beasley, and Vanderbilt. But they still have the three main offensive pieces to last year's roster, Russell, Towns, and Edwards. So it's not like Rudy Gobert is just swallowing up the ball and not getting rid of the ball because he doesn't really demand that many touches. You don't go through Rudy Gobert offensively. Rudy Gobert is to help you defensively at the rim when they blow by Russell and Edwards and McDaniels and Towns. And he's there to rebound. And he's there to get putbacks offensively. So the fact that we've seen the Timberwolves offense stand around and look miserable, have no sense of offensive rhythm, is not on Gobert or this trade. They're playing lazy. They're playing lackadaisical. They're playing without a sense of urgency. 
And I read John Krasinski's article on The Athletic. Uh, he had an interesting title. It was like, this thing's a mess or whatever. And I looked up the Timberwolves start to the 2003-2004 season when they traded for Sam Cassell and Latrell Sprewell. And this was Kevin Garnett's MVP season. This was the season the Timberwolves finished with the number one seed in the Western Conference ahead of the Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal Los Angeles Lakers. The Timberwolves started that season 2-3. and three, And they really didn't get it going until about a month and a half into that season. It looked like they had a 500 record throughout the first 14-15 games of the season. And then they hit their stride. Then they found their chemistry. And this was Kevin Garnett's prime years in the NBA. So it takes time to figure it out. However, the Timberwolves better not put this kind of performance together against the Spurs on Wednesday night. So Carl Anthony Towns said something about Edwards that gained a lot of attention after the game. Towns said, I know y'all think it's funny when he's up here talking about Popeyes and all that. That doesn't make me happy to hear. And a lot of people have gotten on Towns for the comments about Edwards because Towns has just been abysmal to watch on the court offensively and defensively. But he's right. I mean, how different would this look if it came from Patrick Beverly or Jared Vanderbilt or someone like that? It comes from Carl Anthony Towns, and Carl Anthony Towns is on Minnesota's bad side right now because of the way he plays. He argues with the officials, he whines and complains when he doesn't draw fouls, and he whines and complains when they do call fouls offensively and defensively on him. I wonder if Carl Anthony Towns watches game tape of himself, because if he did, he would feel like the biggest idiot in the NBA. I'm specifically talking about the plays when he kicks his foot out after he makes a three-point basket, and then the official calls an offensive foul on him. That happened in like, like the first or second game of the season. Towns made a three. It must have been the first game because it was the game they won. The Timberwolves were up by six. Towns made a three, and then the official called it off because Towns stuck his leg out, and they called an offensive foul. And Towns complained like a baby to the official. He was so mad. And then they showed the replay on the television, and it was a clear and obvious offensive foul. If Towns took five seconds to watch that back, he would understand that he was in the wrong, and he could use that going forward. And maybe he does do that, but maybe he's so unaware that he can't change that. Because officials do watch game tape. Officials know players' tendencies. Officials know how players try to get away with things. Officials know how players try to get advantages on the court and are watching out for those specific players. So when Towns shoots a three, officials know that he sticks his leg out. So they're watching for him to stick his leg out. Towns might be the most talented NBA player ever with no body control. 
He goes into the paint with reckless abandon, with absolutely no control, and hits the court so hard on so many plays. It's amazing to me that this guy hasn't been hurt more than he has. And as his career goes on, as he ages in the NBA, and he doesn't recover as quickly as he does now as a 26, 27-year-old athlete, he is going to miss weeks in the NBA because of his reckless personality in the NBA. I mean, how many times does he just flail his arms and attack the rim and hit the ground hard? I mean, it's ridiculous. Towns is on Minnesota's bad side. And I understand why, because he is hard to watch. He is so just immature as an NBA basketball player who's been in the NBA for years and years. And it's sickening to watch. I'm not panicking about the Timberwolves yet. I'm not saying that this trade is bad. But so far through four games, they beat the Thunder twice. There's lots of improvements to be made. So the Minnesota Vikings didn't play. They're 5-1. and one. And according to 538.com and Odd's website, they have an 88% chance to win the division. And it'll be interesting to me to see how the Vikings respond to their 5-1 and one record after the bye week because coaches get identities after the bye week. Belichick, Andy Reid, it seems like the best coaches during the bye week develop a game plan and always win post-bye week. They'll pull up the statistic every single year about Andy Reid and his post-bye week record. Kevin O'Connell, this is a time in his young NFL coaching career where he could receive an identity, garner an identity where he's a great coach out of bye weeks. And it's a very winnable game for the Vikings facing off against the Arizona Cardinals, who I believe are three and four. Um, I'm surprised, though, that the odds for the Vikings to win the division aren't higher because the Packers are three and four. They're obviously the team with the best chance outside of the Minnesota Vikings to win the division. I don't think anyone fears the Chicago Bears, even though they have the same record and the Detroit Lions are abysmal. Because the Green Bay Packers face off against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday night, and they are double-digit underdogs for the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career. And, I mean, I don't expect them to win. That's why they're double-digit underdogs. The Vikings should be favored against the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday, which my wife and I are going to that game. So I expect the Vikings to put a little bit more energy in that game anyways, just because my wife and I are going to that game. I'm looking up the odds right now for the Vikings. Uh, Odds. Vikings are four-point favorites against Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. So the Vikings should win that game post-bye week. Um, The reason why... I'm surprised that the odds aren't higher. It's one, because the Packers face off the, against the Bills and have a very good chance of going 3-5. and five. And the second reason is because of the schedule for the Vikings' remainder of the season. I mean, they got the Cardinals, then they got the Commanders, they got the Cowboys, they got the Colts, they got the Giants, 
They got the Packers. They got the Lions. They got the um, Bears again. The Vikings really only have one very losable game in the second half of their schedule, and that, and that and that's against the Buffalo Bills. Every other game in the second half is very winnable. Now, I understand that the Vikings have won so many one-score games, so many close games through, the, through their first six games, but they're winning. And now, coming out of a bye week, this will be a telltale sign of how the Vikings play in the second half of the season. I will be watching the game very closely against the Cardinals because this is a big game. Will the Vikings move to 6 and 1? The Packers will be 3 and 5 most likely and I mean, <laughs> those are great chances for the Vikings to win the division. A lot of people are talking about Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers offense. And I've got some thoughts on that because this past offseason, Rodgers received a huge contract from the Green Bay Packers late in his career. He's won a Super Bowl. He's won multiple MVPs. He's got a bunch of money. And yet he still wanted that massive contract to finish his NFL career. And hey, I'm not hating him for it. If he wants the massive contract, go ahead and get the massive contract. But then don't come back to me if I was the general manager for the Green Bay Packers and complain about the lack of wide receiver weapons that Rodgers is throwing to. Because when Rodgers received that massive contract, that pushed Devontae Adams to the Las Vegas Raiders. Rodgers could have took a pay cut, which would allow the Green Bay Packers to pay Devontae Adams. So don't come back to me and say, I'm thrown to this rookie target. I'm thrown to Christian Watson, who's got a bunch of drops. I'm thrown to Romeo Dobbs. My best wide receiver is Alan Lazard. Are you kidding me? I would come right back to Aaron Rodgers and say, dude, you took, what, $150 million guaranteed? And that didn't allow us to re-sign Devontae Adams your number one target and one of the top three receivers in the NFL. So what can we put the onus on for the Green Bay Packers? I think we could put it on Aaron Rodgers' massive contract because it limited what they could do in the offseason. And hey, Rodgers got paid, but then don't complain about who you're throwing the ball to. So those are my thoughts on today's Minnesota Tim podcast. Thank you, everyone, for being a part of the podcast. This month, I'm going to have more downloads than ever on the pod. I'm excited to continue to bring you more podcasts. It's fun for me to do. Thank you for tuning in and for subscribing. Everyone have a great week. I'll probably be back tomorrow with Jake's Takes in the morning. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 